0: Well hello everyone and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Happy December, happy holiday month. I hope that your apartment is full of holiday decor because mine is and I gotta tell you it really is true that people who start with their holiday decor early are happier because I wake up every day and I'm so happy to see my Christmas tree have those little twinkle lights and I don't know it's just a vibe. December has been such a crazy month for me. I am so happy that Art Basel is finally over even though it was amazing I think this was my favorite Art Basel ever and I've been coming to Miami before that I mean I live here now but obviously I was coming before to like do Art Basel things and it was a lot and I just felt like so overwhelmed but I feel like I finally understood how to do Basel right and I still I'm very tired but it was it was a great great time and a great experience and if you guys want me to go more in depth when it comes to Art Basel and all these events and how does it all work please let me know in the comments because I would love to tell you and I think that in 2024 I'm gonna do a lot more solos because you guys have been requesting that and I I just love talking to people and interviewing them because I love learning so much about us, the world, about ourselves and this episode is one of those episodes where we're going to learn more about ourselves. A few episodes ago I was interviewing Nadia who was a manifestation and alignment coach and we touched on the topic of human design but I really wanted to have an expert on who can walk us through all five types And just explain what is human design, how it all works. In this episode, I interviewed Emma Dunwoody. And before you start listening, I highly suggest you head over to my show notes. And there's going to be a link where you can find out what is your human design. It takes two minutes you just put your birthday your time of birth and your place of birth and some people kind of think it's like horoscope vibes but it's totally not i think the key to success in life is being self-aware and if i can learn something about myself that's gonna that's gonna make me understand myself a little bit more i'm 100 percent into that that's all for my intro now let's hear from emma emma welcome to push best friend podcast
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: Okay, human design is something that I've been hearing about for the longest time, and I didn't really know much about it, but I've been following you for a while, listening to your podcast and all that, so I kind of educated myself a bit, but please tell me and all of our listeners a little bit about you and what made you become the human design expert you are today?
1: Well, um, in true alignment to my human design, you know, I kept falling down, I'd had so much success in many areas of my life yet I still had this hole within me around purpose. I felt like I there was something important that I had to do and I had healed my mental health. I changed my life from the advertising or my career from advertising become to become a master coach. I had this business. I had kids. I had this marriage. I'd moved from the country to the city. I'd done all of these things and I was still searching. There was still this hole within me that was like "Mm, that needs filling. What is my purpose? Like please universe (laughs) tell me what my Purposes. And up until that point, I was a master coach. Obviously, I still am. I was doing a lot of profiling, so behavioral and personal profiling. And I just loved it because it got me deeper into why we do what we do. However, as I said, it hadn't filled in that gap for me. And then I put out to the universe, okay, universe, you really need to be obvious with me. You need to tell me what I need to do, like show me plain as day how I can fill this purpose hole up like how can I feel fulfilled on the inside and do this important work that I know I'm here to do within 48 hours of me sort of declaring that to the universe I got smacked in the face basically (laughs) with human design people kept asking me about it all of these really serendipitous things happened and I'd already been introduced to it a couple of times and put it down and almost disregarded it because I didn't like what it said and because the original knowledge when I got into it was very very negative the language was very negative being a behavioralist I'm like "Mm, that's not serving me so I'd put it down this time I'd made a promise to the universe and I was like okay well this little line three in human design I'm a three five like well give me it I'll experiment I'll do as I'm told I'll experiment with this thing universe and as soon as I did everything in my life changed everything really started to take off the fundamental thing that really shifted was I was creating success from my authentic self I was no longer trying to force myself to be or do the things that Some other guru was telling me to do. I actually knew authentically why I'm here, my superpowers, what authenticity means to me, how I'm designed to succeed, and then everything just shifted in such a short period of time for me.
0: You said something very interesting that you told the universe to show you what you're meant to do, and in 48 hours, the universe showed you. Can you tell us more about that was journaling i'm a big universe believer so i would yeah. love to hear i would love to i'm going to speak to the universe this evening so I'll,
1: I'll yeah yeah no, tell I me love that. how to get it the big thing for me well up until this point like i had done so much work around manifestation around you know understanding quantum physics understanding that we create our reality from who we are not what we think not what we do who we are and how we feel and at that point i was really at this place where i was like i was focusing so much on the whole within me that I had forgotten to focus on how it would feel if I was actually on purpose and in that place I remember sitting down and it was actually I was in Spain at the time I just walked the Camino de Santiago I was so aligned to life like I had this reverence for life I was feeling great and I really felt like I'd got so much clarity around my purpose so I was feeling all the things already I was feeling fulfilled I remember just before I kind of left Santiago I wrote in my journal and actually i speak out loud to the universe a lot i was like okay i feel like i'm 86 there but there's something missing i can feel that there's still something missing i want that filled up show me what it is and whatever you give me i promise i'll just do it you know no mm-hmm. questions asked and i can remember just kind of having this declaration and in that moment there was a part of my ego that was like Ugh. I don't want to make that promise, you know, and, and in the past, I think I'd avoided that promise because, you know, I wasn't willing to do whatever the universe brought to me. But in this moment, I was like, okay, whatever it is, I'll do it. When human design, like I arrived home and when it first showed up, I think a friend of mine just texted me, welcome home. By the way, have you heard of human design? And I was like, mm-hmm oh, uh, okay, yes, I've heard of it. I think it looks good, but... And because at that stage, I was like, it's a bit woo-woo. It's How long a ago was that? How long have you been working Uh This is now uh, nearly six years ago. And back then, we didn't have all the teachers and all the gurus and everyone. It, it was very much the original knowledge. I ended up after, I think, three different friends reached out. I was like, right, this human design thing, this is it. Even though I could feel all the resistance to it in my body, I was like, well, I made the promise. I'm running the experiment. And I just Googled best human design teacher, I think, in Australia. And there was only one person that came up and she lived one suburb away from me. And I'm like, stop it. they are like, okay, you know, I can like, see you. <laughs> exactly. So these things just kept happening. And instead of resisting them or letting my mind jump in and say, well, it's a bit woo-woo or it's a bit this, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to learn about it, run the experiment, see what happens. And ultimately, by the time between setting the attention flying back to Australia, having my friends mention it, discovering Kim. I was literally within 48 hours sitting in a cafe with Kim, having a coffee, learning about human design. She's telling me all of these things and I'm like, oh, Mm. my God, you're telling me all the things that are in me that I've been trying to fix and change that I haven't been able to fix and change. I fixed and changed all these other things. Mm -hmm. However, these things that they're my superpowers and that was the moment that I'm like, wow. You know, this is where people need to understand that so often we are spending so much time trying to change something about ourselves that actually it's just a fear expression of our superpower. And then once we start to understand that there's a higher expression and when we do it from love instead of from fear, then all of a sudden flow state. You know, like all of a sudden it's something we love, not something we resist or something we put in our shadow. For me, a large part of who I am, because I'm an MG, I'm a non-linear being, but I had this really deep belief that I was a quitter. That I couldn't stick to anything. And when I started to understand that I'm an MG, it's like, wow, I'm not meant to stick to anything. Like, this is my superpower. That's what I'm meant to be doing. I'm meant to be gathering information and trying different things out so I can break the old way and create a whole new way. I mean, ultimately, I've created transformational human design, which is Mm-hmm. Being a manifesting generator, it's like taking the best parts of human design, the gene keys, transformational coaching, and putting it all together. And up until that point, it was like I never had realized consciously or unconsciously, that I had permission to really do things my own way. That was a big thing for me because I've always been pretty rebellious. I don't like being told what to do. I have a defined will center in human design, which is, you know, these these people that are kind of like, nah, I'm just going to do it my way. So I always thought I was doing it my way. But human design really helped me see how um, conditioned I actually was. All these things that I didn't even know were there. Okay, so many questions here. First, let's start with What is human design? Human design is a synthesis of ancient wisdom and modern science. Rolled into this synthesis is Western astrology, uh, the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah tree of life, the Hindu uh, chakra system. And the Chinese I Ching. How modern science actually comes into this like first and foremost we now know that the I Ching which is the Chinese book of changes which is a an ancient wisdom that is all about the 64 ways that humans can transform. We now know that the I Ching can be mapped back to the human codon so to our physical genes so we start to understand that human design has this ability to switch on and switch off our genes like we can start to dive in and have more I don't love the word control but more conscious direction of our own bodies of our own genetics of our own yeah our own life so those are the wisdoms and then the, with modern science it brings in you know the quantum reality like this really is our quantum map like who we our energy has come to planet earth to be you know, what our superpowers are, how we learn, how we teach, how we serve, how we love, the lessons that we've come for. All of it is wrapped up into this energetic blueprint that really takes us in the the direction of fulfillment. In my belief system, we come to planet Earth to have this school of life. And while we're here, we are trying to better better the planet and its people. So what our human design is, is like how we can do that. How we can have this great experience of not only knowing our own individual potential, but also understanding that when we live our potential, how important it is to serve the collective. So when it comes to human design, first, I
0: thought it's kind of similar to astrology because you see your map based on your birthday and the time of birth. What is the differentiator when it comes to astrology and human design?
1: Really, it comes down to specificity. And keep in mind, like astrology as well has... Got thousands and thousands of years of people using this incredible modality, right? And human design is brand new. It only got channeled in in the late 1980s. And we're all out there experimenting like crazy with it right now. But with astrology, there's so much dependent on the person that's reading your chart Mm -hmm. right how they interpret the house how they interpret the planet now obviously there's archetypes that that sit over the top of that but it's down to the discretion of the individual reader of how these things come together because we see the world as we are not as it is so every single person that we call into our life we are choosing to have access to their perception it's not necessarily our perception even though we attract what we are with astrology there's kind of like this big this big space for interpretation now with human design that space for interpretation is just so much smaller because the specificity so we start with type and We have strategy and we have authority and then we have profile. But the deeper we go, the more specific we get. So I know for me specifically that my core talent is all about being the creative rebel, is all about being trusting my insights. I know that when I'm not doing my core talent, that I'm being deaf, like I'm being deaf to things. So it gives us these really specific parts of ourselves that we can learn and focus on and heal and move from the fear to the higher expression. Whereas with astrology, it's just just a lot more open to interpretation. And how many types do we have in human design? So we only have five types and type's kind of our jumping off point. It's the highest point that we start with. However, um, we have this, there's over a billion potential expressions of a human design chart although we start with five types where the rubber hits the road is when we go deeper when we go beyond type
0: mm-hmm. okay let's start breaking down all the types yep. what is number one Sure.
1: so we start with the manifesto and the manifesto these are the people that are here to initiate they're here to spark a new something a new way of being a new idea they'll be the ones that initiate and inspire people into action so if you're a manifestor, and they're less than 10 percent of the global population you're here to be very you. You will tend to have an energy that can sometimes feel polarizing. It just means that you're very specifically here to inspire your people into action. You can't waste time with people who are not your people. You have to focus on your people. So what will tend to happen for a manifester is that they will turn into people pleasers really young because they notice that some people like them and some people don't like them. And they think, well, God, I have to make all these other people like me. You really don't. It's It's not important. You're either here to inspire someone into action or you're not. It's really that simple it's not something to be taken personally. Then we have generators and generators are the majority of the population. They're all about being lit up by the work that they do. So these are the people who are guided by their um, excitement for the work that they're here to to create or to build. They're the people that are constantly in response to the world. So we just talked earlier about, being a generator because you're Mm -hmm. a generator. And what's so important for you is in this new world that we're building, you have to be lit up. In the old world, the old paradigm, the generators are the ones that have been doing all the jobs. Like in the industrial age, they're all the ones in the factory just working hour upon hour upon hour, trading their time for money. And generators are very much here in this time to redefine that and say, no, no, you don't get to just take my, my energy for your gain. I'm here to actually do what I wanna do that lights me up, that I have energy for. And in that process, I'm going to give this amazing energy I have for work to the world. If you're a generator, it's really, boundaries are the most important thing for you because you have the energy to do so many things and do a lot of doing, you will probably taught people just to almost take that from you, to expect that from you. So it's really important that you start to put boundaries in place and you listen to that gut response, like, yep, I've got energy for this, Or, nope, I don't. And when it's a no, you need to say no. And you know, the generators are the ones that you're gonna, people are gonna feel really good around. When they're lit up, they're very magnetic. Mm -hmm. So,
0: you mentioned something saying no. I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm learning how to say no. But for somebody who is listening and they have a hard time saying no to certain things or situations, I mean, I still struggle with sometimes. So how, what would you, what would your advice be when it comes to saying no? Because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. I don't want to disappoint them, that friend. I don't want to cancel on somebody. But then you know that maybe if you're taking care of yourself, you would actually be contributing to the world in a more positive way.
1: The most important thing to understand is that when it comes to saying no, it, it's, or in fact, when it comes to saying yes, you've been conditioned, especially women We've been conditioned just to say yes. Like not actually ask ourselves or or feel into our bodies or look for a response. We've been conditioned just to say yes straight off the bat without any consideration. You know, it's our responsibility. I want to call BS on that because it's not true. Men don't just walk around and say, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll do it. They don't do that all the time. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, right? The first thing to do is to give yourself permission to put boundaries in place. Give yourself permission to say no. Start to reteach the people around you how to treat you and say look i'm running my human design experiment and if my gut says no it means i have no energy for it so i'm gonna say no or if i change my mind it's because i don't have energy for it and the thing that i would do and i say this with so many areas of the chart like just start small so it might be something little like you know someone offers you a cup of tea and instead of out of obligation saying yes you're like no thanks so it's something that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but you're going to notice in your body like wow I actually said (laughs) yeah right I said no to something that I really don't want yeah like my head didn't explode my friend doesn't hate me like All of these things we've been conditioned to think, we start to see that they're not true. Putting boundaries in place is the the best thing you can possibly do for yourself, for all types, especially the generator types, because they are going to be people that will tend to just say yes without even thinking about it. So start small, communicate to people that you are going to start saying no more. Let them know it's not about them, it's about Mm -hmm. you. And just practice, because it's all about a muscle. You know, Mm -hmm. everything that we do, every habit we have, it's all a muscle. So at the moment, the obligation muscle For many women is big i just say yes then i work it out later however uh we don't have to be that way we're not actually designed that way we're designed especially as generators you have this beautiful sacral energy that's going to tell you exactly what you have energy for so the more you can trust it the more it's going to head you in a direction where you're going to do less and receive more
0: so you said something about declining a cup of tea and the first thing that came to my mind is as i told you before in our uh, little convo I'm from Croatia and in my country people just feed you until you pretty much explode and it's like a funny thing like they're always like kind of trying to show their love through you know food and stuff like that and the food is just like a silly example a cute example but if you are with family that just don't acknowledge your no, they just don't accept it because they think they know better. Maybe with your parents, because they think they know, you know, they raised you so they know what's good for you. How would you handle those situations?
1: Yeah, I love this. And from like my behavioral background, um, this is really, really important because what it's demonstrating is that you would never taught boundaries as a child. Your parents really... Basically, exactly as you said, they think they know best for you, so they treat you in a way that they give you no um, sovereignty, no autonomy to make your own decisions. And all that does is raises, a, you know, a grown up child because the child still needs to look to someone else for their decisions, for their authority. This is a large proportion of the planet. You know, there's a lot of European countries that are very, like, Italy is very similar, where it's ingrained. You know, so. The thing that you have to do is get uncomfortable. I remember when I was little, my mum would always say, if I didn't clear all the food on my plate, she'd say, well, there's starving children in Africa, Emma. Same. You've got to eat all that. You're right. And and I had body image issues. My mother, I didn't realize until a lot later, was like this borderline anorexic. So I had all of these body issues going on without even realizing it. And as an adult, when I realized that I could just say no, like I don't want any more, I can put it down. That was a really empowering moment. What I would suggest is that you make the decision. Like if you have a family like that, that constantly wants to feed you, you make the decision that you're actually only going to eat when You know, with human design, when your gut says, I want that. And when I don't, I'm going to say no. And I'm just going to be more perseverant than my parents because really this is where all change comes from this is where all training of a new habit you know it's the same thing with kids like if there's something with children that you want to support them with so for me i want my kids to drink lots of water instead of getting angry at them when they don't drink water i'm just constantly like have you drunk water have you drunk water have you drunk water here's your drink bottle here's a glass of water through that repetition me being more perseverant i have kids that consider whether or not they've drunk enough water. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly the same. It's going to be uncomfortable. I can't, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be uncomfortable. Your parents are going to take offense from it, especially if they're trying to feed you because that's the way they show love. All you can do is say, look, I don't need the food. I'm not hungry. I love your food. I love you. However, I don't want to eat any, any anymore. So you have to reteach people how to treat you. And it is an uncomfortable process, but at the end of the day, we teach people how to treat us. And then we, we get to reteach them how to treat us.
0: We're going to jump into all the t- types in a bit but I have one more question when it comes to this so the food example was just a easy example for people to understand and as the holidays are approaching there's Mm -hmm. going to be a lot of family time a lot of annoying uncles and aunts and people asking you (laughs) questions and putting their nose where they don't belong when it comes to your behavioral background how would you handle those situations where you don't really want to get into conflict because maybe you see them every few months so you don't want to like be super you don't want to implement your boundaries in a way, so they're offended, so it ruins, I don't know, the holidays, but also not to do something you don't want to do?
1: Yeah, oh my God, I love this question. And this is something that over the years, I've practiced and experimented with so much, not only in my own personal life, but you know, really helped clients with. At the end of the day, it's all about reaction. I'll give you a personal experience. I was at Christmas one time, and there was a certain member of my extended family, so not close family, like extended family. He was sitting not far from me, and he just started laying into me. He just started saying, you're such a snooty cow. <laughs> and I was kind of like... And I'm just looking at him. And every part of me wanted to stand up and rip his head off and shove it up his butt. And you know, like make a big scene. Cause you know, I'm not the sort of person to be walked all over. I am the person who's, you know, courageous enough to say what I feel like I need to say. I mean, I wasn't always that way. However all i could think was is i'm giving you nothing to react to and i just looked at him and then i looked back down at my meal and i kept eating and i literally gave him nothing he tried two more times to get a reaction out of me and i was just so disgustingly polite you know like if we were standing in a group and he came over i could just see his energy shift to me like he's gonna talk to me i would just excuse myself i'd say oh i'm just gonna head to the bathroom and i would just excuse myself i gave him nothing nothing to react to and even when i could see all like he there was steam coming out of his ears he so wanted to pick a fight with me and i was just like sweet as day but i said nothing i just said nothing i was just like okay and like even when i left everyone got a hug and a kiss and whatever and i just went see you next time like we're nowhere near him like there's no way no way i was letting in this boundary of my own energy but i was like see you next time and just left the thing is is that we feel obligated to give people time we Mm. we feel obligated that we have to let them have their say we freaking don't Mm. it's like on social media when people want to have a crack or the haters like being a behavioralist the first thing I whenever I read something like that I'm like oh my god I have so much compassion for you because all you're doing is showing me exactly all of your trauma like in this comment is your trauma so I'm sending you loads of love so most often if people have a crack I don't even react to it because it's not coming from a place it's constructive. As Brené Brown would say, if you're not in the arena, like I'm in the arena of life. Like I'm making a mess. I'm doing my best. I'm contributing to planet earth. I'm perfectly imperfect like everybody else. If you're not even in the arena, I'm not even having a conversation with you. I'm not even interested. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you compassion, all the things. However, you know, like I've got a really big mission here on planet earth and I can't be wasting my time worried about people like that. If you can't stay quiet, one of my favorite go-tos is like thanks for the feedback (laughs) love that and that's it thanks for the feedback so you've received what they've said but Mm -hmm. you've made no promises of change you've made no like you're right i'm wrong or i'm right you're wrong there's nothing you just Mm -hmm. say thanks for the feedback and then walk away this is one of the most important boundaries we can create is this boundary of you do not get to drag me into your drama into your trauma into your stuff Mm That is not my responsibility. I am my responsibility, and you are your responsibility. And I can be a loving, compassionate, kind human and have hard, really strong boundaries at the same time. You know,
0: as I asked you that question, I just realized that I posted something recently on my. Social is about that your life is going to become so much easier when you learn that you don't have to react or respond to everything that comes your, your way. And it was mostly referring to relationships because sometimes I have this segment called What Will Coco Do where people ask me questions and it's about like, oh, my ex texted me, what should I do? I'm like, you don't have to do anything. Just because he came knocking on your door doesn't mean you need to open the door. So I'm so happy that we touched on this. But let's get yeah. back to human design. So we covered yeah. Manifester, we covered Generator. Now it's yeah. Manifesting Generator, which is you right? So the
1: manifesting generator is a hybrid of the manifester and the generator. And we are these non-linear beings, meaning that we're really designed to pick up and put down things in our life where people are going to learn faster. So we sort of get in quicker and we get out faster. So what does that mean? That will often look like someone who starts, let's say, a tertiary education. They go to university and they don't finish it because they kind of get everything that they need. Yep. They don't have the certificate at the end, but a lot of MGs, we don't need the certificate, you know, unless we have a line one in our profile, because the line ones love to have that piece of paper they love and this is for you as well like you're a born authority but what line ones can do in their you know in their their hunt for information and knowledge and research is they feel like they're not enough until they have the piece of paper or the certification but really they're the authority because they're the one that wants to go the deepest that's where the authority comes from so as an MG you're going to be someone who will tend to live this more non-linear life you will jump around you will do a bunch of different things you're still about the work that you're to do in the world very much about redefining the work you do in the world how we work we're also like an example of human potential because often a manifesting generator will seem to other people like god how does she do it all how like, how can she have success over here and over here they're, they're often people who have multiple businesses or multiple interests like i have a you know very successful business and i'm you know very committed to the sport that i partake in as well like Mm -hmm. a competitive sport they're going to be people that, that kind of have more than one thing now we're not here to make people feel uncomfortable because they don't we're just here to demonstrate the potential that lies within all of us each individual on planet earth so as as manifesting generators it's super important as the generator same as the generator, that you're in response, that you follow what lights you up. And when you do that, you're going to go from, you know, this more non-linear path, but you're going to find these things. You're going to break the old way. You're going to remake the new way because you're very much here to get messy and, you know, and demonstrate new ways of working human potential. Let me just
0: jump in here. I love that you said that you are here to show that it's okay to be messy and I think so many people can relate to that because they maybe are trying different things in their life and they think they need to stick to this one thing because society told them they have to do it like that but actually they're made to jump
1: around so I love that 100% and like for me and I I sort of use this example a lot like when I was in secondary school and you know we've been through career advising that whole idea for me of picking one thing then going to university to study it and then doing that for the rest of my life I can remember feeling like deep anxiety like nope I can't do that and as of today I'm an entrepreneur today however I've had a very successful advertising career I've been a chef I've run an equestrian property I've done so many many different things yeah I love it yeah exactly right and completely different things from each and every one of those things I've learned very important lessons about myself, about the collective, about the world that now all contribute to the business that I have today. Being messy is also now a part of my identity. Like I am the person knowing authentically who I am. I don't hesitate anymore. I just get messy. I just jump in. I just work it out as I go because that's the way I'm designed to be. That's the beauty of human design. It's full permission. Full permission to be you. The projectors are... So between the generators and manifesting generators, that's 70% of the global population. Then we move into projectors. and projectors are about 14%, 15, uh, maybe even 16 percent of the global population. They are here to they for the first, First and foremost, they work very differently to our generator types. They are actually more designed to do less and achieve more. These people are guided by success, success for themselves and success for others. That's their signature. What's really important to understand about a projector is that they're here to be seen and acknowledged for their wisdom. The challenge is, is that especially women, but projectors as a whole, they've been conditioned very young not to be a know-it-all. And I always joke like, you know that there was that the girl in the class that would always put her hand up you know little Mm -hmm. Susie oh I know the answer oh you know it's Hermione out of Harry Potter right everyone should be letting the projectors answer the questions because they're the ones that are actually seeing the gaps they're seeing in the collective how energy is being used or how a system is working and they can improve that they have this ability to dig deep into the gaps and then bring their wisdom to how to improve that system and that could be a behavioral coaching model that could be some sort of tech business that could be anything but they have have this ability to sort of dive really deep into the thing that they love to obsess about and create a very powerful system from it. The challenge with being a projector is that because they need to be seen and recognized, they will often try and force them, you know, almost force their attention, like get attention from people. And that feels really uncomfortable because they need an invitation. Their wisdom first needs to be acknowledged and invitation needs to be given before they will be fully received by the other. What is super important for projectors is that they just, they focus on what they love, what they obsess about. This this improvement that they see, that they focus on their own self-worth. They value who they are, their wisdom, what they do. And when they focus on that, then the invitations come really easy, easily, really effortlessly. I've got a lot of projectors in my life that invitations are just flying at them all the time. So they have to learn to say no, like, mm-hmm. nope, that's not for me. But it's this really big piece of not f- trying to force your wisdom onto others and instead waiting for uh, an invitation to share that. The last group is the reflectors and the reflectors are only like one percent of the global population they are here to really show us the truth of where we are at as a collective reflectors are a real a mirror they're really showing us the truth of who we are so when we sit with a reflector whatever you think about that person that reflector maybe what you love about them maybe what you what irritates you about them it's it's you you know it's like this amplified version of what we call uh, in behavioral coaching. Is projection. So you're just seeing a version of you reflected back at you. And these people have such an incredible relationship with subtle energy. They are guided by how they feel. So they're these people that go through life, and and we talk about their aura being a sampling aura. So they're constantly sampling life. People places, experiences, and how they know what is correct for them is do these people feel good? Does this place feel good? Does this environment feel good? Because if it doesn't, they don't want to be amplifying and reflecting back that energy. They don't want to be helping to create more of it. They want to be helping to create more of the energy, the people, the places, the experiences of the new paradigm of this new world that we're moving into so it's very important as a reflector that you really focus on how things make you feel over time and you live your life through that focal point really being honest about how people and places make you feel and then ultimately their almost service to the collective is showing us the truth of where we're at wow i love this
0: so mostly people are a generator and a manifester yeah Okay, cool. Well, a manifesting generator.
1: So... Um, the generator types so that's the generator and the MG they make up I think just over 70% so yes the majority of planet earth are what we call sacral beings so
0: I invited all of my listeners to take a look at their human design but they can also take a look at their partner's human design if they know their time of birth so if you can just walk me through all the five types and what we should know when it comes to being in a relationship with that type specifically yeah.
1: so if you're in a relationship with a manifestor then you need to understand that this person is energetically independent so they're going to feel like they don't need you they're going to feel like they're off on their own tangent they're going to feel like sometimes they're almost selfish because they think of themselves first they're not okay they're energetically independent so what's really important if you are in a relationship with a manifester is they need to learn to inform you and you need to learn to inform them and when you learn to inform each other so that's declaring the direction of your energy all right. Or your intention. So that would be small things like, um, I'm thinking of going out for dinner tonight. Or that would be th- big things like, I feel like it's time to buy a house. Should we start talking about a house or kids? Or, I mean, if you're dating, it's like, I'm thinking maybe Thursday, but I haven't decided yet. Really informing where your energy is focused because that's going to make a massive, massive difference. But if you're in a relationship with a manifester and many MGs, like manifesting generators, you have to understand that this person is energetically independent. So they, will need freedom within the relationship. And that doesn't mean freedom is in to see other people. Mm-hmm. It means to be themselves, to make choices for themselves. Now, if you are in a relationship with manifestors is that manifestors need open-ended questions. So you can ask them big questions like, what do you want for dinner? Um, where do you want to live? <laughs> My worst what do, to... what do you want for
0: exactly dinner?
1: Exactly right, exactly right. Um, so they can have open-ended questions. Now let's move into generators. So the thing with generators is, again, it's all about being lit up. It's all about being... So being in a relationship with a generator, especially a lit up in alignment generator, it's going to feel really comfy. What you want to be aware of is that they need yes, no questions. So if you say to them, what do you want for dinner? It's almost like they they can't even... That's how I feel uh, every night when my boyfriend asks me what I want for dinner. exactly because we don't operate that way so generators and manifesting generators you want to be very conscious if you're asking yes no questions all the time so do you want to go on holiday is a much better question than where exactly right (laughs) and then you're like well do you want to go to Italy do you want to go to Japan the yes no questions are a way that you can create a lot of clarity within a relationship manifesting generators again they're going to be energetically independent you must inform when you're in a relationship with uh, manifesting generators and they must inform you. So informing has to go both ways. Asking yes, no questions within a relationship. Also understanding that in many cases with MGs, they will have a very charismatic energy about them. This is their natural state and they're going to feel a little bit like superhuman to be with. Don't take it personally and don't shut them down. I think one of the challenges with the bigger energies, like the manifester and the MG, if they notice that they make you feel uncomfortable, they will shut their energy down. And even generators can do that too. So be very conscious of boundaries. And boundaries go for both generators and manifesting generators. We have to have really solid boundaries because otherwise they'll end up doing everything in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Then with projectors, the most important thing is if you're in a relationship with a projector, you have to invite them. You have to invite them. And I know it sounds silly at first. Like, I'm not going to invite them to the dinner table. Just experiment with it. Notice how different it is when you invite the projector's um, for a walk when you invite them to come over for dinner when you invite them on a date when you invite their opinion when you invite a projector all of a sudden you have the potential to be in this relationship with a person that you will feel is so focused on you like you have all their attention with a resourceful projector in a relationship you can feel so incredibly special because they see mm-hmm. so deeply into you however you must be inviting them in again with the projectors open-ended questions big open Ended questions because they will talk their way to what they want, how they feel, what they want to share. So, big open ended questions. So,
0: basically, with generators and manifesting generators, it's more of like a yes or no question. And then, with what's the man if I'm so confused already now, <laughs> manifestors with, with manifestors, manifestors and projectors, it's more open ended questions,
1: yeah. And it's the same with the reflectors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Open-ended questions for reflectors as well. And if you have a reflector, if you're having, if you're in a relationship with a reflector, then you have to be curious. You have to ask them lots of questions because especially when you start dating them, you're going on a date with yourself, they probably feel like you don't see them. So you have to ask them lots of questions and get to know them and be really curious about them and get to the deeper levels instead of just sitting the whole time, you know, falling in love with your own reflection.
0: <laughs> love that.
1: So the other thing when it comes to relationships and human design, what you really want to understand is emotional definition. It's about 50-50 on planet Earth of being an emotional person or a non-emotional person. If you're an emotional person, it's also your authority, it's the way you make decisions. If you're in a relationship as a non-emotional person, it's going to feel really annoying because the emotional person flip-flops all the time. They don't know what they want, they don't know what they need, they say one thing and then they do another and it can feel really, really uncomfortable. What you need to understand is that they don't have access to the same clarity that you have access to. They make their decisions through an emotional wave it's actually very similar to the masculine energy versus the feminine energy the emotional Mm -hmm. being more feminine it's like the weather it ebbs and flows and the masculine is more focused and and action oriented it's kind of similar to, to that if you have an emotional definition within your relationship, one of you has emotional definition, or when your two designs come together, it activates the solar plexus. If those things happen, then one of the things you have to be so super aware of in your relationship is not to pressure conversations and decisions in the moment. You have to leave space for, can we talk about this tomorrow? Because I'm in my emotional low right now. And I know whatever I say, I probably won't mean. And I'll say stuff that I don't mean. And I don't want to say. So can I just, sleep on it and can we pick this back up tomorrow? Because if you have an emotional authority or emotional definition within a relationship, you have to give it time, have to let things the emotional wave flow before any clarity is going to be reached. Coming to a decision in the moment or addressing something right when it happens, although that's a great way to deal in relationship because we don't want to put it under the the rug we don't want to Mm -hmm. hide it. Human design really teaches us that as soon as we have this, this definition, this emotional definition we have to give ourselves the grace of time so that we can actually have resourceful conversations and come to correct decisions as opposed to feeling under pressure. So just doing this or saying or committing to things that aren't correct.
0: I love this. And I can't wait to look up my boyfriend's human design so I can see how to... <laughs> How to, how to, yeah. how to uh, make a relationship the best it can be. Okay, I have one final question for you that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Oh, the piece of advice I would give to my younger self is, it's all true. You've got this. Believe in yourself. Everything's going to manifest. I think that I often get asked this question. It always takes me back to that part of me that just doubted everything within me and simultaneously had this knowing of the power and the greatness that lay within me that lies lies within all of us let me be super clear just doubting myself doubting myself doubting myself and where i sit now i'm like you were onto it from the word go you were were all over it so the advice i would always give my younger self is you've got this believe in yourself you are powerful beyond measure and make sure you teach everyone else that they are too (laughs)
0: I love this I feel like I can talk to you for another few hours please tell everybody where they can find you where they can learn more about human design how can they get in touch with you if they want to do a little what do you
1: call it mapping? In my world we call them unpacks so we dive in and and unpack your design so yeah you can find me at emmadunwoody.com. everything's there you can get your free human design chart there and we sort of point you in all the directions of which piece to go to first we actually have a roadmap of how to unpack your own design then you can head over to the human design podcast which will help you go through every part of your chart and if you're ready to go even deeper then come and join us in HDX which is my membership community where I teach a lot every month I'm teaching two live classes and doing Q&As we also have four incredible guest teachers teaching programs next year so it's the place to be for spiritual and personal and even business development so I'm doing, I love it. I'm going to
0: put all of that in the show notes so people can access it easily. And thank you again for being on the show. I I love all of this. I feel like I love so much. And I, I love that your puppy said bye bye right now because yeah. my puppy has been scratching yeah. the door the whole time
1: I was recording. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Alice is saying goodbye. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. I'll see you next week
0: thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoy the episode be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss out i release new episodes every monday if you love bougie best friend please leave a five-star rating and a review your support means the world and it helps the show grow so i can keep on bringing more amazing guests you can also follow me on instagram tiktok and youtube at coco beauty and you can find bougie best friend on apple spotify and all other major podcasting platforms